0: TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand.
1: It's the Score North Twin Show. All right, welcome into the Score North Twin Show. Zolga again, Jake DePew, uh talking about the twins who now are basically done, Jake, with their summer camp. They're going to play an exhibition game, I guess is the best way to put it, in Wrigley Field against the Cubs on Wednesday. They're going to open for real. The 60-game season starts on Friday. It's going to be Giolito against a Brios uh, White Sox twins in Chicago. I'm going to start you off with this one. So I went to – I think I went to three of the, of the scrimmages that they have uh, basically played. I didn't go today. We both watched that one on the uh, webcast that they provided. But from what you can see and hear so far, your thoughts on baseball being played with fake noise and no crowds. Because I thought it was going to take me a while to adjust, Jake. It took me like a game or so. It actually – it's sort of weird. It doesn't bug me nearly as much as I thought it potentially would.
0: Yeah, I agree. I I actually like it. And I haven't been to a game – I haven't covered a game in, in person yet. But um, just from watching on TV, I thought it would be feel really fake and, and contrived. But But I like it. I think it's actually – Natural. It feel it. It. I've watched some of the uh, the soccer games where they don't have any crowd at all, and that actually sounds worse. I think that's Great. more awkward to watch. So I don't have a problem with it. I I like the the crowd noise. They've done a pretty good job of ramping it up quickly. Like if a if a you know a home run ball is hit, like it it sounds like the crowd is actually you know getting louder while the ball is still in the air. So I think they're doing a good job with that. Um, so yeah, I think it's actually a positive. Uh, I like really everything they've done except for these cardboard cutouts. Have you seen the cardboard cutouts?
1: I, I have, and I've heard complaints. Yeah. I've heard I just, lots of complaints from fans or seen them.
0: Yeah. To me, I, I tweeted this the other day. It feels very, like, dystopian or, like, post-apocalyptic to me to have no, well, Well,
1: well I know, consider, I know. consider what's going on in our world right now.
0: I know. We're we're not that far off. Yeah, um, exactly. But, uh, yeah, so that to me seems really weird. Um, but but the crowd noise, yeah, I like it a lot, and I think the players have basically—I haven't seen any players really complain about it. Uh, so I think they like it. I think it probably gets them going, um, and it's nice to have just kind of a low hum, you know, yes. in, in the ballpark uh, as opposed to just dead silence. So, yep. what, do
1: you, what do you think? Do you like it? The first game, so the the first game that I went to, they didn't know how to get the noise right, and it start, and and so the white noise, so just. The guy at bat noise, right? So there's nothing uh, that's really going on at that point. It was way too loud, and so it was jarring. The next, I I would say about halfway through that first game, they sort of were like, let's dial this back, and it works fine. Like, it's just white noise. But what was in the game that they played, the first uh, scrimmage that they played without it, Jake, what was really jarring was um, announce batter, walk-up music for said guy, right? And so, like, there's this buzz, 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 and then nothing. That was really weird. So so, this is just, to me, the smartest move to sort of keep it feeling normal because you're not, like, continually glancing around the ballpark to see the fans aren't there. It's not like you're continually thinking, this is so weird. What was weird was at a sporting event, dead silence. So, yeah, I think this is going to work fine. And and one of the Twins, I saw they issued a press release. They're going to have something in left field, right, at target field. They're going to do something with – I don't know if it's cardboard cutouts or fans or what, but I think they're, they're going to try and do something that's going to be, in their minds, cool in left. I don't think we're going to get the cardboard cutouts in target field behind home plate, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Yeah, I'm, I'm anti-cardboard cutout. Although I do think it would be funny, you know, if they had them in like in the bleachers and a home run ball came and just like smashed one of them right over. That, would that be might
1: amazing. be what happens.
0: Yeah, that would be amusing. But uh, yeah, that's a little too weird for me. One thing I'm interested to see is whether they boo opposing players. Um, because I was watching, I was watching the, a Brewers inter-squad game, which tells you how big of a baseball nerd I am. I was watching a Oh, Brewers. don't blame me one
1: bit. No yeah,
0: joke. I'm, I'm, so I'm with you. Of all of this. Um, uh, yes. Yeah. Yeah, and, and Yelich came to the plate, and they, they booed him jokingly, and everybody kind of started laughing. But I'm wondering if at like, you know, Wrigley Field uh, on, on Wednesday, whether they'll boo, you know, Nelson Cruz and Josh Donaldson. Probably not, but I think that would kind of be a cool uh, aspect to
1: it as well. Boo the home team. That's what we need. Now that would be we get something. Get roughed up, and we get the boo. Get out of here. You stink. That would be creative <laughs> and fun. It will Yankee happen.
0: Stadium should do that, but it would be
1: fun. Yes,
0: Yankee Stadium would be the perfect venue for that because they'll, they or Philadelphia, right? I mean, they boo their guys if if the starting pitcher is Bryce a bad Harper. Outing, what's that? Rice.
1: Bryce gets booed. Bryce says, "Hey Harper, you suck."
0: <laughs> yes, that would be that would be phenomenal. But no, I, I'm the, the the fake crowd noise is fine. It's great. I don't know if they'll keep if they end up admitting fans later in the season of you know 20 capacity or whatever. It'll be interesting to see whether they still keep the fake crowd noise or just let the the
1: 20% carry it. But for right
0: now, it's
1: great. I have no problem with it. No, I I agree completely. Miguel Sano came back on Sunday. I think he struck out twice. Uh, I think he was 0 for 2. I think he walked as well. He played again uh, today, went 0 for 3, struck out twice. Um, You you touched on this in – basically tied it t- together with the fact that Byron Buxton has that mid-left foot strain, Jake DePue. But what you're feeling here, because I will tell you right now, I, I highly doubt that Sano's timing is going to be set to go by Friday. That doesn't mean he won't play, though, but this is going to take time. Like This is going to, with with him uh, basically uh, having to sit out the first portion of the summer camp with COVID-19, and I think he did have a tee that he, he hit off at his own house but that was it um this is going to be a timing thing though and it's going to take time for him to get that and i think they might play him friday that being said i don't think we're going to see him get his timing for probably what's safe to say a couple weeks
0: yeah so I, I wrote a piece about this on and you can check it out on scorenorth.com where i basically said Buckson and sono are, are kind of right at the same spot they're right on the, the cusp of being ready to play and the Twins are going to have to decide, do they want to throw these guys in there with very limited reps? Because neither of them have really gotten many at-bats during summer camp. Buxton, because, like you said, the ankle sprain, and Sano because of COVID. Uh, and, and their timing is not there. And, and Baldelli admitted that after the inter-squad yesterday, that, that Sano's timing wasn't there, and that if the season started today, we're recording this on Monday, that Sano probably wouldn't be in the lineup. So I, in a 60-game season with Sano, I think he's too much of a liability to, to throw him out there if he's going to strike out three times a game. I mean, we've seen, you know, yesterday and today he struck out twice. He did hit one ball hard. Uh, he lined a, a ball right up the middle at, at Kenta Maeda. But, um, you know, I just think in a 162-game season, you know, you would probably have these guys go on rehab stints and you'd ease them back and whatever. But you don't have time. You don't have time for Sano to figure it out. And he goes on stretches. I wrote about this in the piece. He he had three different 10-game stretches last year where he struck out, like, 50% of his at-bats. In the playoffs last year, he struck out eight times and 12 at-bats. You right. can't afford to have him do that. I mean, if his timing is there, he's a, he's a great hitter, and he should be there. But I just think because he doesn't bring any defense, it's not worth it. I think you keep him at CHS Field and have him bat against these top guys like Johan Duran, uh, Dakota Chalmers, um, Jorge Alcala, they've all looked great. They throw with high velocity. They could pitch in the majors this year. Mm-hmm. I would get to know at-bats for a week or so or maybe just a few days at CHS field and then bring him back once his timing is right. With Buxton, it's different. You need his defense so badly that it's not that it doesn't matter if his timing isn't there, but what he brings defensively is worth it. If he strikes out, you know, has trouble making contact for the first 10 games or so, you live with that. So that's my feeling. I don't, th- I think the twins probably won't do that. I think they'll probably carry Sano um, and Buxton, but, uh, and and probably have them in the starting lineup on opening day. But if I were the, if I were the, the twins, I think I would, yep. I would carry Buxton, not Sano.
1: Yeah. The Buxton thing uh, scares me. And I think he wants to play ASAP. On yes. Friday. Um, the Buxton thing scares me though, because it, it's a foot and I, I would not be surprised if Sano plays on Friday and Buxton does not. I think the twins are going to be uh, cautious there because if you rush Buxton back and he tweaks the foot again, which certainly is possible with Buxton being Buxton and now he's out for two weeks, this is, is from, from an executive standpoint, from a day-to-day standpoint on who plays, this 60-game campaign makes me so curious what guys are going to do right as far as decisions being made. And because you can't possibly say, well, my ordinary philosophies are going to be what I'm going to do consistently. Right. Cause, cause it's 60 games and it's a race. And if I get a guy hurt and he can't play for 25 games, that's a lot, that's a large chunk. Um, so I don't think Rocco or Falvey and the boys are going to tip their hand here but I would love to know what the thought process is or decisions because I know what ordinarily they do. I don't know what they're going to do in a short year. And the key too is, are they going to think, my God, this team is good. It's 60 games. Let's win, win, win. Or are they going to think, well, yeah, it's, you know, it's a short year. And so we want to win, but we also have to keep 2021 in mind. What we don't know is what the philosophy and thought processes of teams is going to be. The one thing that we know though, is if they have a desire to try and and win the world series in 2020, Jake, they're going to definitely have to alter some traditional thinking because to your point, the difference in games means that they are going to have to sort of think like I would guess football folks do, which is short term, short term, short term.
0: Yeah. I, I, I think they're going to change things. I think they have so much invested in 2020 that they're not going to they're it's going to be more of a football mindset like you said. Um I think they're going to try to to get guys on the field. I don't think they're going to give guys like Nelson Cruz and Donaldson days off if they're healthy. And Donaldson I, I we were talking just before we started recording, I, you know, he got hit uh in the forearm in the, in the game today, so hopefully he's okay. But I yes. think if those guys are healthy, I think you can see Cruz uh, and Donaldson played fifty five to, to sixty games um, I think garver they, Garver was talking about how he might get like forty five or fifty starts behind the plate, so I think they they are going to go for it now, if they fall out of contention, you know if they 're six games back going into September, then their strategy probably changes. But there are just so many veterans who want to win and a lot of and some of them are on one year contracts like Cruz. I just think this was the year for them. they built this team to win this year. And so I think their mindset will change, but we'll see. We'll, we'll see as soon as they get a lead, right? Because once they get a lead, if they Mm -hmm. bring in their top relievers, even if they have like a four or five run lead and maybe have Rogers or Duffy go multiple innings and they do that in say back-to-back days, then we'll know what their mindset is. It'll be revealed very quickly. Uh, But yeah, if I'm the twins, I manage this almost like a football season. It's difficult. A 60 game. I was thinking about this yesterday. A 60 game season is the equivalent to me of like the eight hundred meter run in in track right because you have to sprint basically the whole thing but it's it's a little too far to go a hundred percent the whole time right like if you're running the 800 you're going like 95 percent right whereas if you're running the 100 or the 200 uh that's more like of a, a football mindset where you just go all out 60 games is just long enough where you, you maybe have to manage workload a little bit but it is still a sprint so it's it's a difficult it's a fascinating dynamic it's something we probably won't see again and
1: and so yeah, we'll see how it plays out, but I think they go for it. My guess is that is that trying to sit Josh is going to be very difficult. Yeah. I think Rocco is going to go to Josh and say, Josh, it's all about R&R here. Rest and recovery and we're the twins. And Donaldson's going to say, get out of my face, I'm playing. Now, now Cruz, I think, is probably a bit more laid back, but there's going to be a veteran presence here of guys around this league, I think, who are going to basically say, "Why would I want to sit? I'll be off again in, in what three months or so, right?" Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I think there, I think it's going to be a, de- a definite push and pull as to what's smart and, and what ordinarily is smart that you can't do now. I just know that that when it comes to Rocco, it's not BS of really having a desire to be smart about how people are used and about m- making sure they get enough rest and they get enough sleep and he, i mean that that's a no bs thing that's him and he's definitely going to have to rethink that short term and i think i think what what makes this um a bit more intriguing too from the twin standpoint is Rocco is probably as close to being a person who hates short term as anything like mm-hmm. Rocco loves long term thinking and Rocco loves Uh, doing things outside the box because they're smart, and they often are. But in this campaign and season, they're not going to be. And so, yeah, I just don't – I don't know, one, how much he actually can change, um, and, two, how much he's going to have a desire to. But I definitely think there's going to be instances and circumstances that dictate that he does adjust. And he's a smart dude. It's just that it's going to be very – Tomorrow is so important, you can't worry about five days from now, which is as anti-new school baseball, I think, as you could possibly get at least during the course of the year. You know, once you get to playoffs, that all changes. But during the course of a normal season, the thought processes are going to be very, very different.
0: Yeah, and it's not just Baldelli either. I mean, this is obviously a collaborative thing with Falvey and Levine, and I think those three think very similarly about these types of things, which is why they brought – Baldelli on in the first place. Yeah. Um, and, and, and they're great. I mean, I, I, how can you really criticize these guys? I mean, sure, they've made some some bad decisions, uh, you know, not getting a starter at the deadline and and releasing Nick Anderson and things like that, but they're trading Nick Anderson. But overall, We're they've obviously game. done a great job and, and Baldelli did a great job, one manager of the year. And I, I, I'm totally wet them on the rest and recovery thing. Uh, but But this is not, these are not normal times. It's a sprint. And and I do think they have to adjust. And, you know, they were conservative in the playoffs last year. You remember game one, we, I think we talked about this when we were last podcasting together, but in game one, they brought Cody Stashek in to – it was either a tie game or they were down by one run. You know, they didn't bring in Duffy and Rogers. In fact, Rogers didn't pitch, I don't think, in either of the first two
1: games. I didn't understand that.
0: Yeah, that, that was too conservative. That one confused me. That was too conservative, and, and I thought – I thought they deserved criticism for that uh, because that game one was a winnable game. Even after the Yankees came back and took the lead, it was a close game. And I think you've got to bring in your top guys. So, um, so you know that if they, if they continue to have that type of mindset, then we will see similar rest and recovery practices. Uh, but, but I don't, I don't think so. I think they're going to change it up. I think they recognize the importance of this and Nelson Cruz. I mean, that guy wants to win a world series so bad. He was one strike away. And, you know, he had that fly ball that was difficult, was difficult but he could have caught it, and, uh, and he didn't quite make the play. You know, I mean, I'm sure that eats at him. It, it would, you know, a guy as competitive as him. And so he wants, he wants to win badly, and Donaldson not, hasn't been to a World Series. He's gotten close, since, and Rich Hill has been in World Series but hasn't won. So, like, these guys want to win, and I think they're going to push the envelope to try to make it happen.
1: In your, your mind, uh, Byron Boxton plays – How many of the 60 games? Because this, to me, uh, to to go back what you uh, wrote about for Score North, this, to me, becomes the incredibly important question. Because Byron Buxton, if he can play 55 games or 50 games, but let's say 55, Jake, if he can do that, he's a difference maker, as we've discussed, in so many different ways. But if he can't play, and again, it's 60 games, and now all of a sudden I'm having to what? shoehorn in Kepler or Jake Cave or a young kid. The dynamic has changed completely for the pitching staff. It's uh, changed completely defensively across the board. It's changed completely as far as the fact that when Buxton does play and just hit some, I'm not talking about great. I'm talking 260. It's a factor. So in your mind, as we get set for the season start on Friday, how many games do you put Byron Buxton on going into the season again injured?
0: This is a cap out answer, but I don't think you can predict with him. I, I like how can you predict how many games he's going to play because he's had so, so many injuries and a lot of them. I'm month- going
1: 40 right now. I, I I don't trust it. I just don't trust until I see it. I don't trust it, man. Yeah, I mean,
0: he's he's a great kid, a great guy, and he's had a lot go wrong that wasn't his fault. I mean, he fouled a ball off his foot. You know, he's had these fluky. He got hit by a pitch in the wrist and broke his yeah. wrist. Like he's had a lot of fluky stuff, and and I feel I feel badly for him. But you know, I I mean, yeah, I I just I don't know how you can predict that with him. Like I'm confident Josh Donaldson's going to play 55 games. I'm confident Cruz is going to be in the lineup almost every day. Polanco will be in the lineup every day unless you know they suffer a, a bad injury. But with Buxton, you just you just don't know. I mean, I guess if if you're forcing me to put a number on it, yeah, 40 to 45 sounds sounds right. I think you know maybe he'll have one. Um, tweak something or whatever, but it, you're absolutely right. I mean, if he can play 55 games and, and hit and hit for a little power, he's a superstar. We've talked yes. about this. I mean, the first 90 games or whatever, 85 games that he played last year, he was a superstar. If he yes. played at that level all year, he would have been a top five MVP guy, you know? Uh, and the, I wrote about this in the column, their record when Buxton played last year was like 60. I think if I'm remembering correctly, it was 62 and 25. When he didn't play, they were 39 and 36, essentially a 500 team that shows you. And it simplifies it, obviously looking just a team record, but it does show you the importance of having him in the lineup and having him out there in center field. So I have no idea. I hope he plays a lot. I hope he has a great year. but I just don't think you can predict it with him or Sano because you have to look at the track record and the track record suggests that they both have trouble staying healthy for, for a full season. And, and, uh, you know, already they've missed time in, in summer camp. And, you know, Sano got COVID. You can't fault them for that, certainly. And you can't fault Buxton for twisting his ankle. But No, it's not their fault. You're right. But, but the track record is there. Right. So I hope they play. I really hope they play. But but we just have to wait and see on both
1: those guys. But your Buxton point is a really good, good point. Sano helps. Don't, you know, I mean, he brings power. There are things that he provides. And I, I know that there are a lot of fans in this town that absolutely love him. And that's fine, but Byron Buxton changes things completely. And if Byron Buxton can play fifty-five games and he can go into the playoffs and he can play in the playoffs, I think the Twins—that's what makes them a legitimate World Series contender. If he's not playing, they're—they're. I think they're a nice team, but I have a. To me, it's a big reach, Jake, to say Byron Buxton doesn't play in the playoffs. Do do the Twins make a World Series run? My gut says not really. They, they're they a nice team, but they're not that team. But if you have Buxton, the intangibles now are off the charts because he makes a difference. you still got him then uh, sur- surrounded by all of that power, potentially. There's just so many things. And so if you take, if you take Sano out, it hurts some, but I can replace him. I really feel that if I take Buxton out, I can't replace him. So but, but that's why I probably, if I'm Baldelli and Falby, I'm tempted not to play him on Friday because I need to make sure, I need to give myself every possible chance, again, and it's frustrating, but every possible chance that when I plug him in, I don't have to take him out again because there just seems to be always something where, and it's not his fault, but you always have to take him out.
0: Yeah, I mean, but, but how does keeping him out of the lineup for one or two additional days make a difference? Unless his foot's not – if his foot. Yeah, because it's a foot. Yeah. It seems based you know, on speed. That's why. Sure. sure. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. But, but ultimately, I mean, you're going to have to put him out there and, and, and risk it just like you always do. But I yeah. totally agree with you. is a nice player. He's a good player. And when he's hitting, he's, he's an elite offensive player. But there are other players like him. You can replace that power. Right. And now that he's at first base, I mean, there are a dozen, you know, power hitting first basemen that hit at or near his level. Uh, Buxton has skills that nobody else has. I mean, he runs like Billy Hamilton. He plays the field like Jackie Bradley Jr. He can hit for power, you know, the way few center fielders can. I mean, he does everything. He's he, got a great arm. Like, he has to hit. He,
1: if he hits 256, he's a potential star. Like that, that's the greatest compliment I can pay him. He doesn't even have to hit that well to be a star. Yeah, yeah, like, I know mean, that though, and I know. And if he like, hit nearly, it's like he needs to hit two ninety five to, to X. Okay, right. I'm saying if if this guy if this guy plays and hits two fifty six and just gets on base sometimes, and the, the way that he plays defense, and he is the best center fielder in the game today when healthy, I don't think that's a debate. He is a star if he is okay at the plate. Yeah, I mean, and the and, and the thing about Bucks and hitting 250 is even
0: if he's not hitting for power and he's shown that he certainly can hit for power but even if he's not he's still hitting a lot of doubles because he he tur- he stretches singles into doubles more than anybody I've ever seen, right? Yes. So like his OPS yeah. is is still going to be is still going to be good even if he's not hitting the ball in the seats. So if he can just put the ball in play and hit, you know, make solid contact, yeah, he's a, he's a superstar. Um and so, I mean, we've talked about – everybody's talked about this a million times. He just has to stay on the field. And if he can do that this year, the Twins, they could absolutely win the World Series. They, they, yeah. they are a top-five team, maybe a top-three team in my mind uh, when everybody's healthy. Uh, Buxton's number one, though. He's number one in terms of importance to me.
1: And I will say this. The White Sox are coming. Yes. The White Sox, that, that, that train coming down the tracks, it's not Cleveland. It's the White Sox, and I don't know that the White Sox are going to be there in 2020. I think they're, I think they're going to be competitive and good, and I think they're going to be a pain. Um, that being said, though, the White Sox got young talent coming up and developing. Um, this, is not, this, is, this is not going to be 2021. Well, you didn't do it in 20, so the Twins have another great chance. They'll have a chance, but the White Sox are going to be right there. And so the longer that you don't win, the more that Chicago is going to pose a very big threat. This is, this is not a nice team, The white Sox, I think within the next year or so, and it might be, it might be 20, I don't know, but at some point in time here, very soon, this is going to be a very formidable, good team. And so if you're the twins and you don't maximize your chances and pounce on those right now, you're going to have a real problem because Cleveland's pitching I like a lot, and, and I think that Cleveland has some intangibles. I think I think it's a nice club. I think the White Sox are going about to turn up the heat though big time.
0: So I was watching the White Sox exhibition game last night against the Cubs, and looking at that lineup, and they've got Grandal in there now. They've got Encarnacion. Uh, they still have Abreu. They have Tim Anderson at short, uh, but Luis Robert. So. Yes. So I had Russell Dorsey on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he, he's a Chicago guy. He, he's a, he just got a job with the, the Sun Todd. He's a great, great reporter uh, covering the Cubs, but he used to cover the White Sox. And he basically said, Luis Robert is a superstar. And not a lot of people know about him yet because he hasn't played a game in the big leagues. But the White Sox signed him to like a $60 million deal before he ever played a game, which tells you what they think of him. Uh, and I was watching. I watched a couple of their inter-squad games and then watched some of that game last night. He hits everything hard. I mean, he, he puts bat to ball at a really impressive rate for someone who hasn't seen big league pitching. He's built like a tank. He can run in center. I mean, he is going to be a problem in the AL Central for a <laughs> long time. And when you combine that and that lineup with, they've got Giolito at the top, who's a Cy Young contender. I, I mean, they could easily win the Central this year. And I think it's unfortunate for the twins because the twins have so much depth. They have more depth than Chicago for sure. And that plays out more over 162 than it does 60, you know, a 60 game season. So yeah. I, I could see the, the White Sox are energized. They're young, they're talented. If they get off to a hot start, if they take two out of three or sweep that series against the twins uh, to open the season, you could see them, you know, running away with this thing a little bit. Uh, and, and that's maybe a little bit of, of panic talk, but I do think they're, Going to be there the whole way, and it would not shock me at all if if they won it. Cleveland can still win it too because of that rotation. They have more question marks, particularly in the outfield. Uh, will Jose Ramirez be back? Just a quick plug: if you want to know more about Cleveland, I did a podcast with Nanny Bell, the the uh, Indians beat writer. Uh, she was great too, and and uh, so you can check that out on Score North. But um, they'll be there for sure. But but Chicago, if I'm the twin, Chicago scares me. They scare me right now.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Do you think the Twins are are in the top three in the American League of teams that it's? If you say it's a shame that they don't get to play 162, the Yankees, I think for sure, like they're built for for the long haul. But I don't think that it's unfair if you were to pick three American League teams and say the 60-game season screwed said team. I think the Twins are top three. I really do because this was built for. Roster construction wise, talent wise, this team was really built for a long year. It's got, as as you said, Jake, it's got depth, um, good depth. You know, pitching staff has depth. It, it's not, it's not lights out, but it's not bad. But I, I think if you if you were to pick three teams from this league where you just definitively said they really got screwed by not playing 162, I think the Yankees are probably one. Are the twins too? I think
0: they probably are because because of the pitching depth. I mean, they're You know, if you remember in like 2017 when they made the playoffs, they were starting guys like Tim Melville. Remember he started a game. Uh, they had like Adam Wilk out there. Who could forget Nick Turley? Like these guys were. You know, no no offense to them, but you know they're basically AAA guys. Uh, they have so much depth now. They weren't gonna ha- have to rely on on, on sort of triple-A veteran types at all. You know, their bullpen was so deep. They were going to have to start guys who are major league quality pitchers in triple-A because there just wasn't room. Uh, and so – and and they have a lot of starting depth. Pineda was going to come back midseason. They've got, you know, Joh- Johan Duran, possibly even Dakota Chalmers, guys like that in the pipeline. You see that
1: curveball? Dakota oh, Chalmers man, that curveball? was
0: legit. What the hell is that? You can see, you can see why they traded for him. Uh, and, you know, they had to put him on the 40-man. Uh, Cause you know, he, he's spent enough time in the minors. But, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, looks, okay, I'll do that. He looks good. I mean, he's young, uh, you know, and, and obviously doesn't have a lot of experience at high levels of the minors. So I don't know if they'll bring him up, but man, that curveball was legit. And he has velo too. He throws in the mid to upper nineties. Um, I could see them if that'll be so that, so when we're talking about our you know discussion about how aggressive will they be, if they bring guys like that up, like Duran, uh, Jorge Alcala, uh, and Chalmers, and, and and also offensive guys like Kirilov and Lardy, if they are bringing those guys up, then that really will, tells you that they're going for it. I think it,
1: the pitching it, might come off. Yeah. I think and, it might.
0: Well, Rocco said after the – didn't he
1: say after the game that they were pretty
0: close to big league red Yes,
1: yes. And he, he said that they're going to take 33 players to Chicago, which I, I think opening day at the roster is at 30, so yep. three taxi right. squad guys. Uh, but I think there's a very – I don't think they're going to screw around with pitching here. I think that they're going to be proactive. Um, the one thing that I will say is this camp showed me, okay, Cruz needs to win now. Donaldson, pretty much same thing, right, Jake? Mm-hmm. Um, but this – okay, Kirloff, Larnick, Chalmers. Lewis. Duran. I'm going to tell you right now, Chicago's coming and – This is me talking, all right? I've not been abducted. I've not changed my view on life. I still am, by nature, like you, I think, a pessimist. Yeah. But when you watch this next wave of talent that's going to replace Donaldson and Cruz and perhaps Sano, I don't know. The point being is, Minnesota Twins, this is as excited as I've been about a local team stacked with talent. And I'm not talking one player. So I'm not talking like cat, you know, it's just one great player. I'm talking stacked with talent, uh, as I've been in a long, long time. I mean, this is this can't prove that there is a lot of impressive young talent that I think if push came to shove it and you absolutely had to throw them into games tomorrow, you'd be like, might be a little bit early, don't love it. I'll do it.
0: Yeah. And we haven't even talked about Royce Lewis, who is, who's their number one pick. We also haven't talked about Jordan uh, Balazovic, who is probably their top pitching prospect. I don't know why he didn't get invited to St. Paul. I thought he would be there. But, um, but yeah, their next wave is very, very legit. I think you're going to see guys like maybe Sano. I think Rosario will be probably be gone in the next year or two. Um, so some of these guys are going to depart, and like you said, Cruz, obviously. But they've got a lot of talent. Their, their system looks good. And, and I agree, when you see these guys – I mean, they look like big leaguers out there. You know, they—they they, none of those guys were backing down. They didn't look nervous. They didn't look wild with their command. And it's nope. just, it's just an inter-squad game. But, uh, you know, I and Jorge Alcala, Latroy Hawkins, I think was was talking about Jorge Alcala on the on the broadcast a couple of days ago how good he looked. I mean, they called him up at the end of last year. Um, so yeah, they're they're in it to win it this year, but they're also they're going to be a contender in the long haul. I think it's going to be Twins White Sox for the next five years or so, we're going to renew that rivalry that we had, you know, in the early 2000s with Tory Hunter, you know, plowing into the White Sox catcher. Wouldn't that be great
1: though? Oh, it'd be, it'd be. Like I missed that. Oh yeah. Like when, when's the last time that you felt that twins fans hated an opposing team? It's the White Sox, right? Which is what 10 years ago? Right. These 10 years ago. I mean the Yankees, but you can't even call that
0: hatred. That's more of just. No, you're jealous. That's, that's different,
1: an, you're jealous of the Yankees because yeah. the Yankees always beat you.
0: it's an inferiority complex, and I think it gets at some deeper issues that maybe we as Minnesotans have we don't have to get into the psychology of that, but um yeah, but yes, we haven't we as in Minnesotans haven't had a true rival in baseball since since the white sox and and I think that's going to renew and and I hope there's some sort of big play with I guess it wouldn't be a collision at the plate anymore but um, you know, I, I would love to see, not this year because of COVID, but, you know, if there's some sort of incident where the, the two teams really dislike each other, maybe the bench is clear, they have a, you know, war of words in the media or whatever, that stuff is great and it gets people fired up on the field. And that's what we saw, you know, 15 years ago. And I, you I think.
1: You think the Rocco twins would get involved? Like, that's yeah. I think. the thing. The Gardy twins would because Guardy was fiery and loved that stuff. I think the Rocco twins will be like, oh, yeah, we really, you know, we. But. We respect respect the uh, White Sox. No, that's true. And look, Donaldson and Rich Hill, I I think we talked about this last uh, podcast that we did, they're going to be fun because these two guys are are wound as tight as possible. And this is where the 60-game season is going to be great fun because there's no BS, and these guys are going to both be going to the wall every night. And Rocco might tell them, hey, guys, relax I don't think they have that switch as competitors on the field like I don't think they've got the chill switch on them I I agree
0: I I think that's what's going to be so fun about this this sprint that yeah those guys Donaldson and Hill they're going to be even more amped up than they than they already are and they already are very like you said tightly wound guys um and and just from from for the fans I mean these games are every game is going to be critical I mean this This opening series against the White Sox, this is a
1: critical series. You're going to be panicked on Friday night. I know you. You're going to be melting down on Friday. I'm going to get a text. If they lose, I'm going to get a text at 10.05 p.m. saying, it's over.
0: It'll be later later than that because I'll need a few hours to process it and think about it. You'll get get a series of texts from me at, like, 1 in the morning. Uh, Yeah.
1: They shouldn't have played Sano. They've got to get Buxton back. The pitching staff's going to be a joke. Rocco screwed this up. Oh, yeah, you're going to melt down for sure if they lose. If they win, you are probably be like, yeah, this is fine. Uh, well, yeah. Well,
0: that and that's the beauty of this. I, I love it. I wouldn't want to do it every year, but for one season, look, I'm just happy to have any baseball back. But this, I'm with you on this. But this will be fun. This will be fun. It's it's unique. It's interesting. Uh, and we don't know how long it's going to last. Part of the reason I'm, like, watching all these exhibition games, well, I'd be watching them anyways, I guess, But this is such a day-to-day thing that I want to soak up as much baseball as I can possibly get, because we have no idea how long it's going to last. And by the way, I do want to talk about this quickly. The fact that Canada said, sorry, Blue Jays, you can't play here this year. That shows you how messed up the response to COVID has been in this country because they looked at the numbers and Buster only tweeted this out. uh, The numbers in Canada per capita are not even close to what they are in the U.S., and we screwed this up so badly at so many different levels, national, local, et cetera, yes. uh, that they, they said, no, you can't, you can't play here for the entire year. I mean, it, it, it just, this isn't. A, they're not
1: wrong. It goes against the right. They're right. Their whole thing is 14 day quarantines, yeah. which, which hockey agreed to. So like. They're not wrong to say we're not going to give you a waiver to have your guys who are coming from a country that we fear, rightfully so, we're just going to allow them to come in and play games because they're smart enough in Canada to know those guys are not going to quarantine. Those guys are going to try and hit their favorite restaurants and bars and spread it. So they're they're exactly right. They probably could have told baseball a month ago, though. That's <laughs> the one thing. They probably could have told them – a a while back. So what the Blue Jays are supposedly gonna play in it looks like Pittsburgh probably and maybe some games in Baltimore. Yeah, maybe yeah, Pittsburgh, I'm maybe Baltimore. I, I was hoping they would go to
0: Buffalo just because I thought I think that would be great for the city. Although I, I think was, the lighting is a
1: huge problem. That stadium doesn't have um, major league compliant lighting for night games.
0: It is. And I was I uh, was, was Florida's a
1: hotspot. Yeah.
0: I was texting with our buddy Matthew Collar. Saying you know like Buffalo like I, I was so excited about it because he's from Buffalo and I was like Buffalo yes. Blue Jays are coming to Buffalo and he was like well yeah that's cool but fans can't go to the game so it's not really that wouldn't really be that cool um, but but yeah it looks like the lighting isn't good enough anyway so uh, whatever they, Pittsburgh or Baltimore but um, but yeah I just thought that was so interesting and and I also thought it was interesting what they did because the, the Blue Jays are training in Toronto but what the government told them so they have that hotel attached to the yep. field right which I've by the way, I've always, that's like on my bucket list. I want to go there and cover a series and stay in that hotel. I think that'd be so much fun. But um, they told them that if they left the hotel or the, or that ballpark or the hotel, that they would get a $750,000 fine and up to a year in jail. So they were not messing around. I mean, those guys were basically on house arrest. Uh, So maybe, maybe some of them are happy about it, but, um, but it was, it was great. I, 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 I love that they did that. And that, that's what they should do. You know, it, it like Sean Doolittle said, baseball is, is, or sports is a reward for a functioning society. That's I'm the glad-
1: smartest thing I've heard. He's exactly right.
0: I know. He's exactly I'm glad, right. I'm glad we have it back, even though we're not really a functioning society right now. Uh, but, but I don't blame Canada one bit for saying, you know what, you, your entire country is basically a hotspot and you guys are going to have to go someplace else this
1: year. We lost interest in a pandemic. That's basically what this comes down to. We're being punished, rightfully so, because we decided we're tired of this pandemic. Turn the damn page. And the pandemic's like, no. No. Turning any pages. But yeah, I'm with you. I'm glad to have it back. I'll take what I can get if it's 60 games. Like, how I judge this ultimately, as far as the championship World Series title, I don't even care at this point. I don't either. Like, like... In 20 years, I will be like, that summer really sucked, and it, it was nice to have baseball back, but a 60-game season in baseball is not representative of a real season. All of that being said, as we discuss this right now, and we can talk about rotations and lineups and stuff, Jake DePue, hey, I love it, absolutely. Oh, I
0: do too, and and yes, it just it feels so good. It feels like we have some sense of normalcy. And just to be able to break down with all these issues, we know their issues. We know they might not make it through the, the season. We, we, they may, they're very legit arguments that they shouldn't even be playing. I, I, I don't necessarily, I, I kind of waver on that. I, I think if the players want to play, they should play. Um, but I understand both sides, but just regardless of all that, just to be able to break down on field stuff, it feels great. It feels so good. It feels great to watch baseball on TV. I needed this. I know you needed it. And I, I think it'll be good yeah. for the country, for a lot of people,
1: for however long this lasts. So no striking out right now. I welcome the, the conversation. Bucks <laughs> didn't hurt. It's good to have normal back. It is. That's exactly right. It is. All right, he's Jacob. I'm Judd. It's the uh, Score North Twin Show. We will uh, talk to you soon. Have a great day.
0: Did you know that 61% of pet owners feel more prepared to be a good pet parent after testing with Embark? Embark your dog with Embark's dog DNA test to get hundreds of actionable health insights. You can be proactive with their health and work with your vet on a personalized care plan. Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA. That's DNA to get $60 off an Embark
1: Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.